Welcome to the BeastNet Podcast, proudly presented by the Beast Obstacle Course Racers and sponsored by GH Unders Performance Base Layers. Here we discuss all things athleticism to obstacle course racing, endurance to nutrition, our team, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. All right, welcome to BeastNet. This is uh, Mike James here with uh, Virginia Nicholson. We're going to sit down and talk about the, the struggles and everything that Virginia has gone through to to become the amazing beast that she is now today. Um, how are you doing, Virginia? Hey, good. How about you guys? I'm doing all right. Oh, another great night. My son in the back seat ran back from uh, one of his therapy sessions. Good time as ever to talk because there's nothing else going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right on. So, all right. So, t- tell us a little bit about what you've, I mean, I know some of the story because I've been there for parts of it, you know, with the yeah. Montana and the and Seattle. With, with the boot and all that and the injuries that yep. you've gone through and everything else. And, um, I mean, I've known you for a while now and just kind of let the listeners know what, who Virginia okay. is. Um, so first off, I guess I should say is I am a transplant from Alabama. We moved here about six years ago for, uh, worked at Boeing. I'll say that. Uh, I'm an engineer. Um, and I've actually been playing ice hockey for a long time. Oh, right on. And I guess, I got fed up with it. I just didn't want to, it wasn't as much fun as it used to be. Yeah. And so a friend of mine uh, at work did Tough Mudder, and I saw a video. I'm like, I could totally do that. I just need to train my butt off. Yeah. Um, and so what I did was I came to um, a certain workout door, and I actually met a bunch of, a bunch of the team, actually, at that point. And then I had a, I was like, all right, this is kind of interesting. And then I did Warrior Dash, and if it wasn't for, um, Jason and the Beast Master, I wouldn't have finished Warrior Dash. I was just in shock of how bad, out of shape I was. Um, I think that's how we all end up. What's that? I think that's how we all kind of, we're in shock at how bad we are when we first start doing this. Yeah. And that was a side day, and at that point I was like, hey, I've already signed up for Tough Motor and a Spartan. I'm in trouble. So, um, it was interesting, and I had already kind of joined the team about that point. Yeah. Um, I did Tough Motor, and that was a folly of errors, like everything was that year, I think. Um, and then I, somebody said, hey, you know you could add a hurricane heat up your Spartan for like $35. I was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Oh, yeah. Um, so my intro to Spartan was in uh, October 2015 with a hurricane heat. And I remember you and a few others were there. Was and, that the, uh, that was the one with the, uh, the okay. hill, wasn't it? The bucket of yeah. suck, like the bucket brigade from Al. Yeah, that I was, was there. The brigade from hell. That was the year before um, we all had to wear paint. That was the barbed wire crawl from hell. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Okay. Um, that was the A-frame cargo net where I lost my, basically, because I couldn't go up fast enough. And Dingo was literally bouncing beside me, trying to get me to go faster. And it really wasn't working. So, um, yeah, my intro to Spartan was a hurricane heat for the next day. That's right. And, I remember that. Yeah, because it was rough. And I, it's kind of that night that really kind of changed my mentality. Um, and I guess, you know, you're talking about Montana. I did after that super, I'm like, all right, I'm getting my the next year. So I trained my butt off and was on a training run one morning in March and felt from the top of my ankle. And I was like, oh, I'm fine. I keep going. Uh, ran a 15K about two weeks later. And after the 15K, found out I fractured my ankle. And ran a 15K on it. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then you were leaving Montana that 
this day it amazes me people still talk about that because I'm like, it's over. Um, that, that course basically kicked my butt. So my first beast was on crutches. I want to say it was like nine weeks post-fracture. Yeah. Um, and it was like 12 hours on that mountain. Yeah, I remember. Because if you remember, we were right behind you. Yeah. And we finished right and, after you did. Yeah. Um, and that Montana beast broke me in so many ways because I was staying with you guys as much as I could. And then at one point, you and Jody and a few others had said, go on, we're going to catch you. Yeah. And no one ever caught me. And it was terrifying. And then I saw medics. And the medics were like, we're watching you. And if you stop, you know, we're thinking about pulling you off the course. So I just kept going. Um, and I faced, I told some people, I faced a lot of demons that day. Being alone, being on crutches, because I couldn't move fast enough. When the sun went down, it was cold. It, it was just brutal. Yeah, so, but you pushed through it. Yeah. So that's kind of the background, how I started. That was my first trifecta. It was a 12-hour beast in Montana, and then like a six-hour sprint the next day on crutches. Yeah. You know? yeah but, so. but you did it, and that's the key. That, that's the thing. You kept going. You pushed yourself through. It's like when I did the marathon. It's, you know, I wanted to quit yeah. so bad, but I just kept moving. Yeah, and the, the key thing, actually, one of the weird things that kept me going was, I remember I told one of my coworkers, I was going to do this, and they said, there's no way you can do it. It's like t-shirts and the memes I've seen that say, you can cry, you can sweat, you can bleed, you can do whatever, puke, you can do whatever you want, you just can't quit. Right. And so that's essentially what got me through it, is I, I cried, and I was really mad at myself, and I was really mad at the situation. I put myself in, but I kept moving. And I came down the last hill to where the bucket brigade was, and I saw it was Adam, and uh, Brandon Chan was there, and... I heard Brandon yell, go get her shirt. Yep. Um, they went and got my shirt and basically got me across the finish line. They jumped the course to help me through a couple of obstacles so I wouldn't need to go. And I, I crossed the finish line at like two, 12 and a half hours after I started. Yeah, and I mean, that's the, that's the thing I think that makes some of us a little different than others is the fact that we don't know when we don't know when to stop. It's kind of one of those things, if you tell us we can't do something, that's more motivation for me to do it. Um, it's like when I did yeah. the marathon, if I had done it to impress somebody else or to prove something to somebody else, I don't think I would have finished. But the fact that I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it and prove all the people wrong that said I couldn't do it, that's the motivation right. that made me do it. You know, and I yeah. and I we've talked on some of the other podcasts and mentioned that us beasts, we're we're a different breed. Yeah, and I've heard you say that in a couple of other podcasts because I've listened to them, and it's very true. There, it's, I, I can't explain this. I have a hard time explaining to people because they ask, like, why in the world would you do this? And, you know, one thing, too, that I will admit that I don't ever condone someone doing what I did 
Um, I know when you did Hawaii, you had doctor's permission. I did. My doctors didn't have a clue what I tried or what I was going to try. Um, I actually started physical therapy the very next week after Montana. And my physical therapist saw the bruises on my legs and she got stared at me. And I said, I guess you kind of want to know what I did, huh? And yeah. she's like, yeah, I'd be curious. And I told her, and she's like, you're not supposed to have done that. Yeah, I kind of know. But, so. Yeah, but it's one of those things, you did it, you proved that you could, and, you know, now you're you're stronger for it, mentally and physically, I think. Um, I mean, you got to admit, you're definitely stronger physically or mentally for doing that. Yeah, I think anything um, mentally definitely stronger after that. Um, I actually recently had a talk with my manager at work about it because um, he was giving me a lot of crap. And I told him, I said, the funny thing is, you don't understand that the obstacles that are on those courses end up translating to real life. You know, there are other parts, um, I kind of briefly told you about this earlier, um, that I found out about myself about a year ago. And while I kind of knew from working with my son, I didn't really put the pieces together until um, until I just found out. And um, I guess I can go ahead and say it. Um, okay. Um, I found out about a little over a year ago was I was on the autism spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, and, I know you've told me about that before. And Yeah, it, it shocked me when I found out, but at the same time, it made a lot of sense. Because having a son on the spectrum and watching some of the things he's gone through correlated a little bit too close to home to me. Yeah. And, you know, once I found out, I'm like, this makes half of my childhood make sense. Uh, it, because, I, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a small town in Alabama. You were just known as weird. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a lot of problems that you have with society nowadays and a lot of people. A lot of people don't, I don't think, realize what being on the autism spectrum means. I mean, a lot of people think, you know, autism they think of the kids that you see like in TV shows and stuff like that, that pretty much barely function or, you know, need somebody there to help them with things because they're autistic and they're brilliant in one aspect of their life, but not others. And, you know, usually not very social. And people don't realize that that is an extreme example, really, of autism. There are people who are fully functional autistic people like you. Well, and the, well, the funny thing is, you know, I always hear Rain Man. Yeah. You know, that's, that's probably the most normal thing that I hear compared to. Oh, so it's like Rain Man. Yeah, and I mean, really, and looking Rain at Rain Man did have autistic spectrum, it seems like, but that's yeah. that's the extreme I'm talking about. People go straight to that, you know, non-really, not really functionable because they're completely focused. Because autism, like, pretty much focuses people, like, hyper-focus, really. Um, and people just think of it that way and not realize, like I said, like you, who is a fully functional autistic person. I mean, you're still able to function in society. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, to me now, it's just kind of a normal thing. I mean, growing up, um, I guess one of the things now to make it more sense was you mentioned social. And that's one thing that to this day, it's still very hard. Um, yeah. It's a very hard thing to be in a large group and somehow function. Yeah, no, I agree. I can see that. Yeah, so there's a lot of times that um, we'll be at a race, and this is really overwhelming right now, and I will come back in when I can. Um, but the funny thing is, it's not something that's hardly well known or understood. And 
you know, those hell of the things that try and break the mold on, just more than two of my son, is that it looks so different now. But the funny thing is I found with, especially the endurance event, um, those help me. It seems odd, but those are the things that really help me because I like things in a certain order. Yeah. And, and endurance events, you don't get that. No. You, you have to go with it, and you have to adapt, and you have to overcome, and you have to figure it out quick. And, and that's and very that's, true. And I mean, most things that I understand about autism and like people that I've talked to with it and people that I know with it, I have a nephew that's autistic, but uh, they like structure. I mean, autistic yeah. people to a, to a sense, things have to be structured and it has to be, you know, that structure has to be followed. And it's really hard for someone who's on the autistic spectrum to be able to do something, I would think, like the hurricane heats. And it must be very difficult for you to be able to push yourself through that with something that's not completely structured in some ways they are because I mean, you've got the rules that so you have to follow in a hurricane heat. Right. But, um, I could see where that would be difficult for someone with autism to do because it's not something, it's not their normal routine. And that's a, that's another thing that most autistic people like is they have to have a certain routine and a certain way things are done. But at the same time too, the elements that you know, going into it, when you have to deal with, you know, you know, the cadre or the curtailers, you know the basics. And then you have to rely on your training. You have to rely on your team, especially just in a traditional HH, um, to get you through it. Yes. And that's, that's another thing, is that it's, it's, a, it's a good experience for anybody to go through. And I've had people tell me, just in general, like, I can't do this. I'm like, are you freaking kidding? I got my butt off the couch. If anybody can do it, I mean, if I can do it, I'm... I'm telling you anybody can do this. I'm like, you're putting anything else aside. Honestly, and I tell, I've told a couple of coworkers, like, the first step is just to show up at that venue. Exactly. Show up to a, show up to a hurricane heat. Show up to a sprint. It doesn't matter. That's the hardest step to do. It is, and I mean, that's one thing, like, you know, I, I mentioned in an earlier podcast, one of my things that I do a lot of times is people always try to come up with excuses on why they can't show up. And one of the right. biggest excuses you hear is it's too expensive. And for me, because I do so much volunteering with, you know, street team and everything like that with Spartan, that um, I have free races. I have more free races than I can use. So I've had multiple friends tell me, hey, I can't do that. It's too expensive. I'm like, here's your free race. Now, what other excuse do you have not to show up? Do you need me to pick you up? I mean, it's kind of one of those, you know, it's amazing what these races can do for someone. I mean, I've dealt with mental issues for a long time that a lot of people don't know about. Um, and the races is something that helps keep me motivated and keeps me moving forward. And that's just, you know, that's, what's great about them. Right. And that's, that's probably one of the best things is to, you get out there and you get out of your comfort zone. Um, yes. I have a good friend. He's always challenging a group of us, um, to step out of your comfort zone. It could be, um, doing something silly and actually posting it so people can see it. Yeah. Um, it could be anything this person comes up with. And at first I was like, there's just no way of doing this. You're, you're, you're out of your mind. It's not happening. And then I did the muckering on the video. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it will push you out of your comfort zone um, to varying degrees. And it, I didn't think I would be okay with this. And the more I've done it, the more it's actually been really beneficial. And you're talking about getting people off the couch. Um, my stepdaughter is about turned 17. She lives in California. Mm-hmm. And this year she started doing 
presentations, and she sent me some Snapchat pictures of doing a presentation on budgeting for a Spartan trip. And I sent her a message that said, you're doing this. I'm coming to Sacramento. Do you want to do this grant? And she's like, I don't know. I said, I'm paying for it. She's yeah. like, okay, I guess I'll do it. And she did it. And she, I, I'm pretty sure after the start wall, she was looking at me like, it's nuts. Yeah. We got there. I didn't give her much of a chance to hang out in the festival area. We went straight to the Star Corral, and we just went. And I think every wall we got to, she's like, there's no way I'm getting there. I'm like, yeah, there is. She's like, well, you can't help each other. Yes, you can. Yeah. I got help. I helped her. You know, we got to the dunk hall, and she looked at that thing. She's like, there's no way. I'm like, yeah, there is. Come on, let's go. Yes, that's, that's what's funny. Like I've said before, the dunk wall, that's my biggest nemesis. I literally will waste probably up to five minutes, maybe longer, every dunk wall yeah. trying to convince myself to go under it. The only time I've ever gone right under the dunk wall without a thought was on one of the hurricane heats because I knew the rest of the hurricane heat people were doing like, you know, a plank until I finished. So I wasn't going to make them wait. I just went right under but other than that, I, I have to talk myself through it every time. I hate that obstacle. That one, that one doesn't affect me as much as um, the A-frame. It's not as bad as it used to be. But um, vertical cargo, I, I basically flip off the A-frame and vertical cargo after I do them every time in therapy. But you do them every through time. It, I get through it, and then I get to the other side. I turn off, and I give it the bird, and I keep going. And I always make somebody around me laugh, and they're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, trust me, I hate that thing. I'm pretty sure it hates me, and we're all good. Now that I'm over it, I can move on with my life. Um, and that's just it. I mean, you hate it, but you do I it every time. Passion. I know, and I still hate them. But you still so do I, it. I've gotten, I, exactly, but ever since that night with Dingo and some bouncing my butt up the cargo, um, in Portland, actually, too, Portland was my first race back since having ankle surgery. Um, my surgeon had said, told me I could start running, but now I'm, I'm using ground, so of course that's exactly what I did. Um, and we're in the HH, and we got to towards the end, and he went over to the A-frame cargo, and he was mad because we'd taken too long doing something else, and they had already started taking the A-frame down. And he looked at me, and he looked at the group, and he was like, well, we were going to do some A-frame cargo races, because I know some people here don't really like hike and staring directly at me. I'm like, oh gosh. That is Dingo. That's what he'll do to you. Dingo will find what is your biggest fear and what bothers you the most, and he will make you stare it down over and over again. Yeah, and I respect the hell out of him for it. Oh, yeah, I love Dingo. I respect the hell out of him. I was hoping to see him in Sacramento, so I introduced myself to him, but never ran into him. But, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah? So... So, so what do you think, what would be your advice to somebody who's listening to this right now, sitting on their couch thinking, I, I'm not good enough to do this. I can't do this race. Well, what would be your advice to them? Um, everything is baby steps. So one of the things that, you know, so my, my training, people I work with will say, well, you know, I go to the gym at like three o'clock every morning so I can work out, get to work work all day, and then I, I'm with the kids at night. And they're like, well, I can't do that. I said, I don't care. You can go and take an extra walk at lunch. You could, you know, go play and do something with your kids. And that's one thing, too, is take baby steps, but if you've got kids, involve them. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you've seen, my, my three are pretty much with me all the time. Oh, yeah, I met them multiple times. Not. Right. Um, 
my eight-year-old is really wanting to do my course if we have one this year because I know she can kick my butt. But make it a family thing. Take baby steps and make it about the family. Yeah. Um, it could be an extra walk. It could be, you know, one minute who can do five birdies or who can do the silliest birdie is what my daughter likes to try. Yeah. Um, but don't be okay with being, with just taking those small steps. Um, sometimes even just being brutally honest about what is okay for that day. Um, you know, there are days where, like this morning, I was just not feeling it. I, I, I crushed through the workout, but there's a part in my head, like Adam passes up there, hurting me, and something just wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and accept those days. Know that it's not always going to be great, and know that there are days where you're just not going to be into it. But to me, I think it's part of the process, is to understand that you've got your good days and your bad days. You've got those days where you do everything in the world to get ready, and the I agree. I think that's where a lot of people fail and have issues is because they set themselves such lofty goals, goals that are very hard to attain, which I'm all for if you want to do that. But if for whatever reason they fall short of those goals or they have a bad day where they, you know, they miss their workout or, oh no, you know, they're on a calorie diet and they just ate a half a German chocolate, you know, cake, you know, all of a sudden, okay, now I failed and they give up completely. It's like, no, you had one bad day. You had a setback. Now you get right back up on the horse and you go. Um, you know, yeah. it's look at pro, any professional athlete. If they would quit at the, the, their first setback, they would not be where they are. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know. Get back on the yeah, horse and get going. It's funny you say that because earlier in the year, um, I covered the Girl Scout troop. And we had something happen at the troop meeting. And one of the girls was like, you're going to be really mad at me. I said, no, I'm not. You have to develop a short-term memory on certain things. Yeah. Yes, it happens. Am I going to be mad at you next week? No. Am I going to have fun with you next week and we're still going to keep doing whatever we're doing? Yes. Yeah. I said, but I'm not going to continue to be mad at you because you did one thing that I didn't, I didn't think was okay. I want you to learn from that and we're just going to move on like it never happened. I said, because you know what? I know it's not going to happen again. And I think that's the problem that we have with our bodies is we don't know how to forgive those little things and just move on. It's like we feel like, oh, you know, you yeah. failed, you're done, that's it, you know. And, and I, that's one thing too that I even right now I've, I posted a video this morning. I'm, I'm still personally struggling with because I'm six months post op from the tendon repair and having bone fragment removed from my ankle. And yeah, I can still barely push off my right foot consistently, just push off my toe. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be doing some little things, like running five miles. Yeah, I did it. Wasn't great time, but it, it was sore, but it was okay. But pushing off my toe, just like a calf raise, is even more painful than that. And that that can get really frustrating, can be a setback. But the other part of that you can also say is, well, one setback, but what else have I gained? Exactly. You know? yeah, and that's it. I mean, it's like, you know, when me and, when I talked to Andrew earlier this year and, we talked about, you know, how those injuries can really just like destroy you because you have an injury and you're such, you're, your mind is in such a rush to get back to what we were doing and doing yeah. it well that we push ourselves and we sometimes make that injury worse. And uh, that's what we try not to do is to make that injury worse. That it takes us longer to get back to where we're at. Um, yeah. yeah I, had, I had my surgery May 22nd. Yeah. And I remember I set out uh, a couple of DevOps two ferals and um, a couple of the other local races 
And I see people going to these and it's just eating me up. And there are times I just had to turn it off and say, I can't look at it today because it, it just physically, it just, it wasn't healthy. Yeah, um, and I can see that. But luckily, you know, um, I'll go ahead and say, you know, Janelle and I are very close. Yeah. And I would message her and go, all right, you're my PT buddy. This sucks. <laughs> and she would, of course, laugh at me. Um, just kind of be the other set of ears to say, yeah, it sucks. But if you do things the right way, you're going to be okay. Um, and I think that's the other thing, too, is the advice. Find somebody just to talk to you about it. Um, it can be a friend, it could be team members, it could be, you, know, you talk to your dog in the morning, and that's who can do it. But have that person that every now and then you can vent to to say, it didn't work out, and it's frustrating, or I can't seem to get my diet in check, or I'm doing something else. You know, just have that person to bounce ideas off of. Um, yeah, that, no. that's invaluable time. I agree, that is very valuable to have someone to talk to. I mean, you know, it sounds funny but on honestly since we started this podcast me and adam and you know now zane it's it's changed my perspective on a few things because i've had those i've been have able to have these conversations with like i am with you and i had with drew and amber johnston and some of these other people that i've been able to have conversations with on the podcast that have really changed my perspective on things and you know I, i've been really happy to have this i mean that's kind of become my person to talk to is the podcast yeah i can see that um i know that last one um that you did, that was really, you know, that kind of hit on me talking about what's the hardest thing that you have to do. Yeah, and, and it is. I mean, it's hard for people sometimes to really admit some of the hardest things they've had to do. I mean, like I said, for me, it's the, the marathon, you know, but quitting smoking's right up there with it. And that was something yeah. I tried to hide for a long time. I mean, I didn't want people in the group to really know that I was a smoker, but I mean, I know most of them knew. I mean, it's not that easy to hide, oh, but, yeah. but it's just kind of finally quitting. I, it was a huge thing for me. And you know, the marathon, yeah, it was huge, but, you know, now that it's been a couple of weeks since it happened, I'm feeling like the smoking's actually been even a bigger, was the hardest thing, you know, but, yeah. I mean, and now that the soreness from the running is off, now that you're your muscles and everything's had time to recover, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. And that's probably one of the things, too, um, it's interesting because, you know, you take the lesson that you learn put it into some other parts of your life. Um, my eight-year-old competing in gymnastics her first year. Yeah. And there are times where she'll come home and she's like, man, mom, I, I just, I, you know, night. I had a really bad night of fault, couldn't get it, something was always wrong. Um, and honestly, the racing helps me relate to her. Yeah. Because I can say, yeah, I, I know how you feel. You know, speaking monkey bars, kicked my butt again last time I was on there. And I want you to come out and do it for me. Because she'll ask me, she's like, mom, can you go do this for me? No. Could you go do the monkey bar story? No, but we both wish we could. It just means you got to get better out of yourself. Exactly. Um, I think it definitely helps relate to what she's going through, what she trains, and how much she works. Yeah, I think that was one of the things, and I mean, you'll get it soon when your kid's old enough, but was a huge thing for me was when Benton did his first Spartan. That was a huge thing for me. So. Yeah, also when Sarah, my stepdaughter, did her first Spartan, um, uh, a few weeks, see you in November, in uh, Sacramento. Yeah. I, I was just, I, she impressed the hell out of me. I mean, it was just so, she, she's not with us a whole lot, and being a step-parent sometimes, I, I haven't connected with her maybe more than I should, you know, she,
should not be athletic as much as she used to be. But when I said, I'll pay for it, we picked her up, we brought her to the venue, we introduced her to Brandon, and they had a bunch of the other guys that were there, and got her on course. Yeah, the rest was it. The rest was her going, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. I'm like, yep. And, you know, we, we did do the team tournament, thing. we walked most of it. Um, I... I actually did, I had done two laps of the super the day before, but hoping to do an ultra beast in 28. And so I was kind of feeling it too. I'm like, all right, yeah, this is a great thing. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, you know, that's one thing a lot of people, you know, they'll say stuff about some of us that walk it, but you know, we're still doing it. We're getting off the couch and no matter how long it takes you to finish that race, you still beat everybody that's sitting at home on their couch. Um, Exactly. I can remember when I did Montana that one year and it took us 13 and a half hours to you know, get everybody across that finish line. Um, I had one of my friends post and say, 13 and a half hours, what did you do? Stop and have lunch? Or something, I can't remember, it was something yeah. something like that. And I basically said, how about this? You come out here, you do one race, and then you can, you know, you can say something about how I did mine. Because I was doing a race while you were sitting on the couch. Don't, you know, criticize what I did. Yeah, so, and, and I have a lot of tools. I'm surprised at how many people have actually come up to me and be like, you were the guy in Hawaii with a boot. And I'm like, yes, that was me. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't imagine doing Hawaii without a boot. That was just oh, it was. Hawaii was brutal. Hawaii. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard stories. Finishing the beast in Hawaii was probably worse than Montana. And that was a year without yeah. my boot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't imagine. It's insane. But like you said, it's insane. Yes. Um, and I, I guess, too. Start training for that. Yep. And then I, I went with a bunch of the guys, I think, for April, and I signed up for the insane, what, four races in two days? Yeah, I ain't ready for that. Two and a half days. Um, I'm signed up for the 12 hour, I'm signed up for the super, I'm signed up for the sprint, and the HH. And, yeah, I ain't ready for that. Well, and here's the thing you know, you're talking about like half facing things that scare you. Yeah. The idea of getting a DNF is terrifying. I've done one of those, and I don't ever want to do it again. Yeah, and I remember your post from Hawaii because I remember a bunch of us while you guys were in Hawaii and we were watching that going, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. And then he posted, I got in the DNS, I'm okay, no, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and that was exactly what I said. Yeah, it was, and I, I, I vividly remember that. I'm just going, oh shit, what happened? Because I'm like, because I knew that you said you said on hand that you're like, all right, how bad could, could this have been that you didn't finish? And it, it, it blows up my mind. Oh, it was bad. And like I said, when I DNFs, I I wanted nothing to do with anybody. I literally, I called Amber, said, hey, 
I'm done. She kept asking why. I'm just like, I'm done. Just come pick me up. And I walked down the street because the beach was about a quarter mile away. And I'm like, I can't be around people. And I literally walked down the beach, stripped down to nothing and jumped into the ocean. I'm like, I just, I need to be away from people. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that, that's our fear. And, Pretty sure they thought that before the event, before that, but pretty sure they probably thought you were insane before that, but you know. Oh yeah, they they've known I'm quite insane. Um, you know, coming back with these Spartan kisses of sorts that I come back with. You know, my husband's pretty sure that people think I'd be updating. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm doing that, and I'm doing um, Go Rock. I signed up to do a tough and light back to back in March because apparently I just like pain. Um, nah, so you like challenging yourself. From, I'm gonna do the tough from like 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Take a nap in my car, and my husband's meeting me, and he's going to be doing the light with me um, the next day. And I think Adam and I think a few others are, are going to do it too. So it's, it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, I'm actually going to be kind of using it as mental prep for the 12 hour HH. Nice. It's not, it's not the same, but it, it's similar. No, it's, it's similar, but it's getting you ready. It'll be good mental prep. Yep. What level I'm at, what tweaks I need to make going across. But yeah, you know, you're talking about Team Turtle. You know, I, it's funny because at this point I've run Team Turtle. I always tend to run in the old pack and I did a competitive trifecta before I had surgery. And, you know, my favorite places are Team Turtle and, like, that middle of the pack. Yeah. Because it's just so much more fun. Yeah, it is. It can be. I'll run into you guys or if I'm ahead of you guys, I'll pass you at some point. We'll just start yelling at each other across the course. Oh, yeah. Um, so it makes it fun. It does. And the second lap in Sacramento, I kind of mentally was getting up just knowing what I was facing next round and going okay and then I saw Christina and a few others like the tire flip and that was like all I need to get through the rest of my course that's awesome it's just seeing that team and like knowing that people know you're out there people are watching people are waiting for you you know that's the thing too you got somebody who's never done one of these sign up somebody will always be with you yeah you know if one of the members if one of the team members tells you to sign up I know they'll I know they'll run with you they'll leave you yeah I've never been yeah, alone on a race. Fun. Even when I started alone, I've never, I've never been alone on a race. Yeah, I, I, I'll, if I tell somebody I'm around with them, I stick with them. The first super I did, uh, Adam and a couple other guys, we'd all done the AK night before. We just kind of ran into each other, and we picked up uh, Sarah from Oregon on the way, and the five of us finished that course. And it, you know, we never left each other's side. We split burpees, we did everything, and we got through it. And to this day, I kind of give them all crap, and I'm like, hey, it's our first you know, supper fest of sorts together. So, but yeah, every one of those pictures has got meaning to it. Once you do it, once you see those pictures later and you realize what you can do, you start putting it in a doubtful way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, great about the team. 
Well, yeah, it is definitely. All right. Well, thank you for for talking to me, Virginia. I'm hoping, Hi. you know, everybody will will listen and take something good from this. And it, it was fun. I, I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, yeah, I miss you guys. I'm, I'm gonna be excited to get back in a couple months here and start. I'll see you at the Christmas party, hopefully. Oh yeah. Next weekend, that's gonna be fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited and ready to possibly do ghosts with Adam because he keeps talking this thing out. Yeah, he keeps trying to convince <laughs> me to do it too. I keep telling him I'm a fatty yeah. and I, I shouldn't do it, but he keeps telling me that I'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the verge of registering. It's my one weekend, my guys don't have a gymnastics competition, so I'm, I'm, I'm about to push the button. So if I had a little thing, if I'm about to push the button, dang it. I know. Uh, but I, I hope people take out this too. You know, no one would have known this about me prior to coming into this, and it's just how it is. And I, I hope it gives people perspective too on, just I guess on ge- in general, on Spectrum and what it's like. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just weird. Once again, here's that social thing I'm not good at. Yeah. Well, that's okay. You're doing good. So, all right. Well, once again, thank you again, Virginia. And uh, thanks, Mike. I'll talk Great to you later. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you again, Virginia. Now, a word from our sponsors, and then on to our next guest. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, we're back from break, break, and this is uh, Mike here with Lisa Ann. Um, if you guys don't know Lisa Ann, she's amazing. Um, I've ran a couple races with her. Uh, so tell us about yourself. Um, well, I'm a single mom, and I live out on the Olympic Peninsula, and uh, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really don't... Um, I, I'm a chiropractic assistant, and I work my butt off during the week and train at a CrossFit, a local CrossFit gym, and um, I live for the weekends when I can do my OCRs. Um, oh, yeah. What, what got you into the OCRs? Um, you know, it was actually kind of funny. I went through a breakup about five years ago, and one of my best friends, lifelong friends up here, convinced me to do a warrior dash, and... Uh, just after Christmas, after I signed up for the Warrior Dash for 2014, yeah, it was 2014, I got a wild hair at my ass and decided to start looking into other, like, fun 5Ks, and I stumbled upon a Spart- one of the Spartan Race videos, I'm like, oh, that looks like fun. Well, I couldn't convince anybody else to do it, so I signed up by myself, and <laughs> the closer I got to it, I was like, oh, God, what did I get myself into, because I started seeing, um, more of the YouTube videos. It's yeah. like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. And um, I was on uh, one of the women's OCR groups in on Facebook, and I put out a plea, like, somebody please help me. I don't want to do this by myself. And um, met some. I met one of my friends, a new friend on there. She said she'd run with me, and. I ran Washougal in 2014 with her and her friend, and I got hooked um, big time after that. It was like hook, line, sinker. I was done for. Um, 
and it was over with for me. I found a new sport that I absolutely loved. Like it took me, um, it took me into a whole new direction in my life that I never expected. Um, I've never been an athlete. I've always been the band geek. Um, <laughs> I've never been into sports or anything like that. And now I found a sport that um, accepts everybody. Like, doesn't yeah. matter what you do, what you look like, what your physical capabilities are, as long as you're off the couch and moving your ass, you're you're doing something. And that, um, I think that's the most amazing part about OCRs in general, not just partner race, but just the OCR community in general. They it's that motivation to get off your ass and get moving and that's what's been incredibly inspiring about it so I'm I'm going I'm not stopping I love it that's awesome that's one of the things I've noticed a lot and I mean I I know I think I talk a lot about Spartan just because that's the one I do the most Um, but I've noticed that with a lot of the OCRs I mean every OCR I've ever done um, you know and I've done a few uh, there's always been that, that thing of help everyone helps each other and I mean nobody judges people for you know, because I'm not exactly a small guy. I'm a big, as I say a lot of time in the episodes, I'm a fatty. But <laughs> I represent my fatty, and I just do it. Um, it's I've noticed in a lot of the a lot of OCRs. I don't think I can think of one um, where people didn't stop to help. You know, and yeah, so that's yeah. the same thing. I, I've missed the same thing every OCR. I've never seen somebody not help another person. Like if someone's struggling, there's always somebody helping you um, to get over whatever. Whatever's holding you back on the obstacle, whether it's your fear, whether it's a physical um, limitation or whatever, someone's always there to help you get through it. And that's what I've loved is just that, that sense of community and like, don't worry, we got you. We'll, we'll help you through. Um, and like, you know, I usually mention Spartan, but that's like, I, that's the one I do the most is the Spartan races. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I think that's because it's, that's in my, that's where I got hooked. That's where, that's where I found that that love and that drive and that passion was out of Spartan race. And I think that's where, when, when you find that one that gets you hooked, that's where you kind of, that little bit of loyalty kind of lies. Yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, I did, I mean, I started, my first OCR was uh, gladiator actually. And that was back yeah. in 2010, I think. Oh, but wow. then I didn't do yeah. anymore for a couple of years. Cause I was like, ah, well that was kind of fun. And then I did survivor. I did mud factor hell run which i don't think is even around anymore um i did a couple others and i'm like you know these are fun but you know whatever and then when i did my first spartan my actual first reaction was i ain't ever doing this again this was stupid (laughs) (laughs) but now i've got what eight try or five trifectas i think six six trifectas but you know over the last three years and it's just that's the one that hooked me because it challenged me. The other ones were fun. I had a blast and I loved, I still love doing them. I mean, I'll be doing Dirty Dash, Warrior this year, all those. But yeah, Spartan's the one the challenge. that challenged. I think, I don't know, I don't know what it is that Spartan does. And I don't know if it's just how they, I don't know if it's because of how they, the technicalities that they use with the courses and then their obstacles and how they lay them out. I don't, I don't know how it is that they do it, but they always, it's a mental and a physical challenge, and I absolutely love that because yes. it pushes and it pushes you to a limit that you're not. It's hard to explain to somebody you are going to be pushed, and you're going to be pushed to an extent that you're not ready for. But when you get done, you're going to either love it or you're going to hate it, or you're going to love it and hate it and come back for more. Yes. And 
that's what it's done for me. It has made me want to come back for more. And um, I, I've struggled with my own self-confidence. I've struggled with my own self-image. And these races have made me realize that I'm a fucking strong person. Yes, you are. <laughs> and um, it's, put my, it's made me realize that I there's something more to myself than I never even imagined. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love these races so much is it put me, it's made me put my own self in a different perspective and it's made me respect myself more. Um, and I think it stems like I've been through, I was bullied as a kid for my weight and, um, that puts a hindrance. Like, even though I don't, I try not to let it bother me. Like there's always that little lingering dick in the back of your head, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it always lingers there. And now I'm like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. Um, it's a new sound of self-confidence. It's a new, like, I'm a badass and I know it. And uh-huh. it, it's kind of like, okay, keep yourself in check. Don't get too cocky. Don't get too cocky. <laughs> um, uh, but it feels good. It feels good to be able to walk around with a little bit of confidence. Like, yeah, I, I, I got this. I, I can do anything. I got this. Um, and it's a quiet self-confidence. It just kind of like rises from the inside and I've earned it and I've, it's come around through doing OCR and now I've gotten my daughter involved in it. My daughter is oh, yeah. watching her this year. Oh my gosh. She amazed the daylight out of me and that gave me confidence because I was like, wow, I'm raising a strong kid and I'm doing something right. And that kind of just gives, it gives you a little bit of a boost too. It's like, damn it, my kid's doing awesome now. Oh, yeah. Didi's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> um, Definitely so, a badass. Except know, she's she's like you and won't admit that she's like, hurt. What? She's like you and won't admit when she's hurt. <laughs> um, so it's that that's inspiring too is when you can get your kids and your family involved. My yeah. um, I, Didi's and uncle came to the Beast in Seattle this year, and well, now that don't really enable them to race, they want to come volunteer and volunteer the Spartan races so that they can start working towards being able to race and be out there like yeah, your phone's so, doing weird things you know it's it's like dang it I'm this thing's like it's addicting OCR it is hard. it's like I'm only um and so now it's like okay I got my family and now I just gotta start getting my friends up here and <laughs> pulled in so I can, I can grow our team even bigger so I'm not the lone wolf <laughs> Yeah, you need to get some people over the peninsula, or you need to move over here where the like society is. <laughs> There's society over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're not all vampires and werewolves. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we all believed that before those stupid movies came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, in time, like I have, this has helped me. Like this, I don't know, I, I got gold now. I got goals like I never thought of myself as like wanting to like you know, like you'd be crazy guy crazy guy yeah but that was, was not the smartest thing ever but I did it <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like huh, if I could do a Spartan beast that's technically kind of like a half marathon just an obstacle so I could probably do a half marathon I'm like wait a minute five years ago somebody would have said a half marathon I would have laughed at them I would have laughed so hard and it was like yeah no <laughs> no, not well, happening. And now, like, possibility. Let's see which which Montana races have you done? You did fifteen, didn't you? The founders. I did fifteen. I did the founders race. 
So, I mean, um, if you've done the founders race, I mean, what was the mileage that finally ended up on that one? Wasn't that like 18 or 19? I think it was like 18 or 19 miles, not including the obstacles. So I think including the obstacles, it was like something. So, I mean, if you could do um, the, that Montana beast, I'm pretty sure you can do yeah. a, You could do a half marathon. No problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Montana beast was my first beast. And, that was um, my first Spartan. I, oh. So now you know why oh, I say God, afterwards, I'm like, I never do this again. I can totally understand. Totally understand. That first beast, I was like, I'm never doing a beast again. Never. Um, uh, that was the one where I met, where Christina and I became friends, where I met Krisha, and we came in, we were the last ones coming in on that race. I don't um, think we were far ahead of you. Because <laughs> I, I was with Drew and uh, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, we were the last ones, and oh, it was the most epic ending to a race ever. Like, we were borderline hyperthermic, and um, oh my gosh. I remember at one point, um, the, my partner at the time was like trying to get pictures and he's like, smile, smile. And I'm like, I am smiling. Like I snapped at him. I was like, sorry. <laughs> you were right. trying to tell me to smile. I'm like, I see the finish line and I didn't want to smile. I had barbed wire to crawl through still, like kiss my ass. Like, yeah. let's finish this damn race. <laughs> I oh, wanted yeah. to get my shoes off and get the freaking rock that was in my shoe out of my shoe and get warm. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand completely. I was pretty much that way because I started when I went to Montana. It was one of those ones I signed up. I had no friends going. I didn't know anyone that was going to be there. I joined the beast just because a friend of mine had told me, hey, these people are going to be there. You might be able to meet up with them or something. And I joined the beast, look at a couple of posts, but hadn't posted, hadn't said nothing. And I was doing about halfway through at that point where mentally I'm like, I'm done. This is stupid. This is the stupidest thing I've ever done. I am done with this. And I saw Drew's shirt and I'm like, hey, I think I'm part of that group on Facebook. So I said something to Drew and then I started talking to Drew and Jason. The next thing I know, we're at the freaking the multi-rig at the end of it, you know, and they're helping me get across so yeah. we can finish. I mean, it was just like we just kind of hooked up and, you know, Drew told me in the when I was talking to him, he said that I actually helped keep him going. So I'm like, OK, I didn't realize that. But, hey, we made it. <laughs> yep. And so I was like, so I fought leg cramps the entire race. And there was one point, it was the stairway to start going up that freaking gas hill. I started crying. Like, I was falling and I was having, somebody had to help me get up the hill because every time I lifted my leg up, my leg would cramp. And this is like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Um, and then somebody mentioned like mustard. I cringe. I hate mustard. I loathe mustard. So and I uh, by the time I got home, it was so funny. I was unloading my hydration pack when we got home from Montana. I kept finding mustard packets. I swear everybody in the house like went through and like, loaded a nice bag with mustard packets like as a joke. And I was like, what the hell is this? Why do I have all these mustard packets in my bag? Like, why? Why? Yeah, I loathe mustard. And I think it wasn't until it was sometime this year. I think it might have even been Montana this year. I finally got a cramp so bad that I'm like, just give me the damn mustard. And I tried it and I so, so wanted it not to work just so I could be like, ha, I can still loathe mustard, but it did work. And I'm like, shoot, I didn't want this to work because now I know I have to do it. So now there's mustard in my pack all the time. I've never had to use it again, but I still have mustard. I still like, I have to be like desperate still to use it. I, um, I managed this year. This was my first season in four years. This is my first season. I haven't had an injury. <laughs> it was 
so proud of myself. That was awesome. Um, uh, but in oh, I lost you there for a sec. Your phone's doing weird stuff. Oh, um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, so Sacramento this year, I was just a little bit dehydrated during the race, just a little bit. <laughs> um, it was the vertical cargo net. I. Christina gave me a knee and I went up to get up onto the platform to go over the cargo net and I got a cramp and oh my god oh yeah. my god I had to take mustard and um yeah that was the worst few moments of my life I hate I hate it I was still gagging but it worked <laughs> yeah that was kind of my thing I'm like I so didn't want it to work <laughs> Someone's explained to me the science on why it works. I'm like, I don't care. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I am. I'm like, I don't care. I know it works, but it's gross. It's disgusting. It's yeah. the worst thing ever. But um, it's, I've learned, like, you know, I didn't take my magnesium. Like, I, I learned that magnesium really helps, but I usually take that before a race. Didn't do it. It's like, my own damn fault that I cramped, but oh well. Life goes on. Um, but... Uh, yeah, no injuries this year was awesome. That's my goal for next year is, again, no injuries. That's my goal for every uh, race. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine, too, but, you know. I, I've had enough, too, time. so, yeah. Um, and next year, I've, I I got some other, like, I would really, my goal is to get a little bit faster. That's my and goal. And I would like to, in fact, I'm already planning on it, I'm going to sign up for the Hurricane Heat and, uh, Portland, or I think calling it Portland, at Pack West. Washougal. Um, Washougal, yep. It's going to be, that's my five-year anniversary. That's my favorite venue. I love that venue. Um, it seems to be giving me my worst injuries ever, but not that, not that year, not this coming year. So. Yep, that's good. Um, but uh, I definitely have to say that this is like the best. Uh, I think everybody has come they most people find a sport that they absolutely love, like some football, some baseball. For me, OCR. I I can't imagine not having it in my life. Yeah. What's What's the hardest thing that you've had that you had to overcome? I mean, whether it be you know OCR or, or life, or what's the hardest thing you've had to overcome? Um, combination of my fear of heights. Oh, yeah, I've seen and, that. And um, I I. There's been some emotional things like I, this last year for me, it was, um, going through a really nasty split. Yeah. And there, the emotional side of that was really, really hard for me. And, um, overcoming that was really difficult. Um, and there was a time, there was part of me that I almost didn't want to race. Um, I kind of just wanted to pull into my own little shell and, not be social, not be a part of anything, and uh, that's just that's a part of me that you know I was wounded, I was hurt, I was hurting. Um, yeah, and that you know you pull into yourself. You don't want people. So I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty private about a lot of that. I don't, you know, how, how do you explain to people what's going on and what, what I was going through was pretty intense. And um, I have to say. Uh, that was the hardest part for me, but what absolutely amazed me was my team, was the beast. And, um, my friends on the team, my, um, you guys literally amazed me, the people who knew what was going on, um, they, you guys just rallied around me. You supported me in ways that I never even imagined. Um, without me having to say a whole lot, you protected me. 
who allowed me to just be. And if I opened up about it, you guys let me talk talk about it. And that was a hard thing for me. It was overcoming that fear of, um, it's that fear of judgment. Because I had put myself in a shitty situation and yet nobody judged me. Nobody judged what I was going through or the decisions I made. And everybody just kind of let me work my way through it. And everybody supported me. And when I finally worked through it, everybody was just there for me. And it was utterly... It was utterly incredible, and it was freeing, and I have to say, out there on that race course, that's where I worked through a lot of my stuff. Um, it's so amazing to be out there when you're with a group of people, because I never race alone. I'm always with at least four or five people. Yeah. There's moments where even when you're with a bunch of people, you can, try, you can be alone and not alone at the same time, and I was able to work through so much stuff out there, like... You know, when you're carrying a heavy sandbag or you're lifting, you know, the back sandbag with the turquoise or you're going up over a wall or that's that physicality and those moments where you're having to just be living right there in the moment and getting through an obstacle or over an obstacle, it's, it's, it has a funny way of helping you work through some of the worst things in life and the hardest things in life. And that's what racing did for me this year. That's. It helped me through that, and um, I, that was, that's what did it for me this year. I'm the happiest I have ever been this year now coming out of that because of my racing, because of having that ability to work through everything on the race course and having my team stand behind me and support me. Even if they didn't know that they were doing it, they were doing it and they were there. Like, it's utterly amazing. Like, I didn't have to say a whole lot. But that was the best thing. I didn't have to say a whole lot. A few people knew what was going on, but they didn't push. It wasn't like I had to talk to them. But it was just like, we're here if you need it. And, then, and uh, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I say that's what I, I love about the beast is, I mean, I, I'm going to say this in a way that it doesn't sound bad to everyone, but for a certain part of the beast, I mean, the ones that I interact with a lot, they're like family to me. Um, I know the team's huge now. And I can't say that about the whole team because I don't know the whole team anymore. But for that small group that I guess most of them are the OG beasts, the, the ones that I've known for years that I've raced with you, you know, Christina, term, Team Turtle, um, they're family. I mean, you know, when I, I, I was so glad that I was able to be a part of, you know, Dee Dee doing her, you know, first trifecta. I think somewhere around here, I still have one of her shirts, though. Somehow it ended up in my pocket and I never got it back to you. But... To, to be part of Didi's first trifecta, I mean, that was amazing um, to help her go through that, to help you get through, you know, this year, um, you know, on what I can't remember. I know we were on a couple races together. It was two or three, might have been more. But to be able to be with you on those races and, you know, our time together, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, I always love racing yes. with you and, you know, some of the, you know, the other people. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm always here for That's you, you know exactly. that. Like I've been, I have been a member of the Beast since it was founded. Um, I remember we started out as like I think Southbound OCR or something like that. Like I'm one of the original Beasts. Like our first race, I think, was that Founders Beast in Montana. Um, and the team has grown exponentially, and I love seeing it grow. And like you, like I don't know everybody, and I'm there. When I go to when we have like a biggest team tent or something, like some of the faces I don't even recognize. But yeah. I love seeing it grow the way it has, and it's utterly amazing. 
love it and I'm trying to get to know as many people as I can. It's just, it, it's kind of hard at times. I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our team is amazing and I think it's because we are accepting and we are loving and we are there for everybody. Like if there's a problem, if there's an issue, if, you know, you got something going on, we may not all be, we may not be able to help in a, like a total sense, but we are there to help in the sense that if you need someone to talk to, if you just need a shoulder, that's what we're here for. We have that ability to give our shoulder and like, hey, we're here to talk if you need it. And yeah. I, I love that sense. Like you said, it's a family. We're not just a racing team. We're not just, you know, a bunch of as faces, we're a family to each other, and I love that. I love that my kid is a part of that. Like, she's a part of a huge family now, and it's utterly amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, and what's funny, too, is a lot of people don't realize I have huge anxiety with crowds. And most people are surprised to hear that because just the way my personality is. But I have huge anxiety with crowds. And there have been times that I've walked in the, the biggest team tent and I've had to walk back out because I'm just like, okay, there's too many people here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I got to go. Um, I know uh, for me and um, even uh, Audra, like, we have to tell ourselves, like, okay, we're not going to be antisocial. We're going to be social. We're going to yeah. talk to each other. Like, you're going to make me, you're, I'm going to make you talk to somebody. You're going to make me talk to somebody. Like, we have to, like, force each other, like, okay, we can't be antisocial. We have to socialize with people. And I'm not a big, like, I'm the type of person, like, if I go into a big crowd of people, I am more comfortable being, like, the wallflower, and I'll sit and watch for a while. And then I'll sit my toe into, like, maybe a conversation or two. But that's always been my personality. I'm not, like, the, let's just dive into the conversation of, like, a random group. I just don't do that. I'm like, okay. I'm going to size up every part of this real quick and then I might dive in here or there. Like, that's just me. See, what's um, funny is, I, I like I said, I have huge anxiety with crowds, but my way of dealing with it is pretty much if I don't dive straight into it and become like best friends with everybody in the crowd, I'll go nuts and I have to walk away. So I have to be like that, like bounce around. And it's kind of like I bounce from group to group and keep talking to everyone. So I'm never really like in one place it, for too long. And yeah, that's the only way I can deal with it. So it makes it look like I'm, I love crowds and I'm like, no, this is just me trying to deal with it. So I don't lose my mind. <laughs> that's totally understandable. <laughs> Either that or I'll attach myself to somebody who can like talk to everybody. And I just kind of float with them. Cause then I'm like, okay, I can be a part of this. And then I can still kind of be quiet and still interject a little bit. And yeah. that's, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can handle that too. Um, but that's the same way. Like if I go, like out to a bar or something like that. I will go with somebody who can interject, like walk up and talk to a random stranger. I'll be the quiet friend, like kind of like listening in and start interjecting once I get comfortable because they just not that like not super quiet and loud like that. I'm the quiet one. <laughs> once I once I get comfortable, then I start talking and I get a little but I have to warm up first. <laughs> yeah, see that that's how Amber is and I'm the opposite where like Within like ten minutes, I'll be the guy standing on the table, like talking to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see exactly. I'm like, I hang out with you. Like, I'm the quiet one for a minute. And once you get going, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Up, no, I can start talking. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the guy standing on the table, like talking to everybody, and you know. But I also, you know, like I've said before, I do comedy too. So it's exactly. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons I got on this podcast. You know, Adam had me do it because I have experience because I do the Renerdish podcast with. You know, my friend Matt, which is a 
comedic podcast, but yes, <laughs> and we talk about all things nerdy. I love nerdy stuff, so yeah. I had an instant um, at the Seattle Beast because the Seattle Beast was the first time in since I started racing that I have been single. Yeah, <laughs> and, oh my gosh! So I'm on a street team for Spartan. Yep. I am perfectly fine standing at that exit tent talking to everybody like how it's a good race, like my job, handing out the, like, the Yeah, because they're walking stuff. away. Do that. Yeah, you I don't do actually have to have a conversation day. with them. You don't. They, you just, hey, nice race, cool, yeah, go away. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can do that all day. That's not a problem for me. I'm at, if I like a little bit of comfort zone, I'm used to that. Yeah. So I decided to go over to the beer tent, get my free beer. No, but I got this. Like, I can do this. I had like this sense of like confidence all of a sudden. <laughs> I got out of the beer tent, got my beer, and then I turned around and it dawned on me. I don't know anybody in the beer garden. Like, there were no beasts in there. <laughs> oh, no. I stood there, I stood there, I was like, oh, oh, God, I don't know anybody in here. I stood there in, like, this circle of dirt where there was nobody around me. I'm looking at all the tables. There's mostly full. There's people off in the corner. I stood there and contemplated talking to my beer by myself for a second because I don't know anybody. And <laughs> so outside my comfort zone, like, uh, I don't know what to do. I looked at my beer, contemplated talking to it, and I tried it so fast and walked back out the guy. Checking IDs, looking at me. He's like, "That was fast." It's like, "Yep, juice is out." Like, I couldn't do it. I could not put myself into that utter complete. We're going so fast. Like, not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. I went right back to the team tent where Stevie was and hung out there because at least I knew somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like I tried. I tried. I tried really hard. I was going to go for it, but then once I got there, I was like, um, "Nope, nope, I'm out." Walk right back. Yeah. <laughs> but I had the thought. Like the thought was there. The thought was there. Close. That, that's moving forward. <laughs> that was really close. <laughs> so I think the other thing is like at least with the braces, like you know, you 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 get so used to like pushing yourself outside your comfort zone that you're like, okay, I got this. I got this. I can do it. And then you get there and you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm not on the race course anymore. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> I don't got it. Ain't You'll happening. get there. So, um, yeah, I laughed at myself on that one. Like, I laughed really hard at myself on that one. I was like, nope, this is a bit. I, uh, not happening. Not happening. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been fun talking to you. I should, we should probably, you know, wrap this up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always fun talking to you, you know, with, with the teammates that I, I've raced with and done stuff with. And I know, well, um, you know, I, I've seen a progression with you. You know, I've raced with you, I think, I was trying to think the first time we raced to actually together, and I think it was 2015 in Washougal. Um, it was 2015 in Washougal. With the, the Team Turtle. Um, <laughs> yep, Team Turtle. <laughs> and it, it was, seeing how you were then and how you are now, I mean, just even, like, sociably, I don't know if it's just because we've raced together so much that you can talk to me more now or whatever. I just remember you were the quiet one in that group. And you just yeah. kind of went through, you know, you almost had to be forced to, like, let someone help you. <laughs> and now you're just like, you know, now I, in Seattle, it's like you'd get up to a wall and you'd almost just kind of give me that look like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I've come out of my shell. I have really come. You have. I've come full circle. It's, it's almost like I've come full circle. I've come out of my shell. I have. It's a, like I said, it's that self-confidence and that. 
I've got this. And you do. I learned that I can I can rely on my teammates, and I know that they've got their they've got my back. And um, this sport has done that for me. And even in my day to day life, I walk with my head held high now. I don't look down. I look up. I have a smile on my face all the time. I'm happy. And racing has helped me see that. It's helped me see that I'm an incredible person. I've got a lot to offer and it has it has led me to be a more confident person and I am so thankful that I have found not only OCRs but the beast. Like it's incredible. Well I'm glad you found the beast too. <laughs> me too. I and have I'm- some amazing friends and a whole new family because of it. Like how could that not be epic? <laughs> and I'm glad you finally see how amazing the rest of us already saw you as. So, <laughs> all right. Well, it's been amazing talking to you. I always enjoy it, and we'll Likewise. have to get you, we'll have to get you on another episode later. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. I want to say a huge thank you to both Virginia and Lisa for joining me on this episode and having a blast. Uh, Thank you to everyone for listening and see you next week. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by the Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Like us? Great. Join us at Facebook or BeastOCR.com. And thank you.